to Disorderly Dogs, the podcast for dog owners. If you find yourself in precarious predicaments with your dog, this podcast is for you. I'm Rachel Harris. I'm a certified professional dog trainer, and I hope to give you a fresh outlook on your dog's behavior and practical dog training advice. Hello, everyone. Welcome back to another episode of Disorderly Dogs, the podcast. I am so delighted that you are here listening to me today. So today's episode is actually a re-release. I originally recorded this podcast episode two years ago, but it is still really relevant. And since we are coming up to the Halloween holiday, um, I'm going to share this episode again. So Halloween is one of those holidays that is super fun for people, but I think that us humans forget how discombobulating and scary it could potentially be for our dogs. So if you love Halloween, please implement every strategy that I give you in this podcast episode to ensure that your dog stays safe. Um, Something that happens a lot on Halloween is dog bites because dogs get scared because they cannot understand what's happening with these crazy humans in the costumes and they resort to biting. So I know that a lot of people feel like their dog would never bite someone. Um, I'm talking to all of you. I know it feels like, no, my dog would never bite, but please remember that all dogs are capable of biting. And if we put them in enough situations that they feel worried, scared, overwhelmed, it is very likely that they could resort to biting. Halloween is definitely one of those holidays. I have a very stark memory as a young person. I must have been in elementary school. I went to a Halloween party at a friend's house and the family golden retriever bit one of the kids. You know, and it's one of those things that it's not that the dog is bad. It's just that if we put these dogs in these situations that are really scary and overwhelming, (laughs) their only defense mechanism, you guys, is to run or to bite. So most dogs will either run or bite. So let's not put our dogs in those situations. What do you say? So um, yes, this episode is all about how we can keep our dogs feeling safe and confident on Halloween. Um, To everyone who has been a loyal listener of this podcast, if you have not already left a review, I would be really grateful if you could do that. When you leave a review on this podcast, not only do you positively reinforce me, um, I do not make money from this podcast. Um, I love doing it. I'm going to keep doing it for free. But in order to keep doing that, it's important that the beautiful people who are listening can help support me by leaving a review so that other dog guardians can find this podcast and implement these strategies and really just live their best lives together. So um, if you haven't left a review, I would be so grateful if you did. Um, I am actually going to read you just a quick review that I love so much. It's entitled Keeping It Real. I love your podcast. It's short, to the point, easy to understand, and most of all, you keep it real. Thank you and keep up the good work. Thank you so much for that review. I love it so much. So everybody, please enjoy this episode of Disorderly Dogs all about Halloween. And if you do put your dog in a costume, please tag me. I would love to see it. Happy Halloween, everybody. So let's talk about Halloween shall we? So um, Halloween is one of those holidays that I think people kind of forget that there's a lot of like foreign stuff to the dogs and it can be pretty scary and overwhelming. So I'm just going to give you some tips and tricks for kind of navigating the, the Halloween holiday to make your life and your dog's life easier. So 
When it comes to costumes, um, costumes as in putting a costume on your dog, um, I am not one to dress up my dogs typically. I will say that my mom bought Waylon a Halloween costume this year, so I'll probably put it on him, but um, I think it's cool. I think it's fine if you want to dress up your dogs, but what really matters is if your dog is actually comfortable with wearing a costume. So if you have never put any sort of costume on your dog before and you have a Halloween costume, take the time to let them acclimate to it and, you know, build in some fun, build some cookies, maybe play some games around it. So it doesn't have to be the scary thing where you just like slap a, a costume on your dog and you make them wear it. So if you have plans to dress your dog up, um, spend some time working with the costume before you want them to actually wear it. And on the flip side of that, if you are trying to get your dog's costume on and they are terrified and they don't like it, I think you should just abort mission. It's not worth it. It's not worth it to stress your dog out just for one picture for the Instagram. Okay, you guys? So be really cautious about that and really look at your individual dog and think about that stuff. Um, We'll see how Waylon likes his costume. Um, he has a pumpkin costume. If you guys don't already know this, if you're new to the podcast, Waylon is my young American Staffordshire Terrier, and he has a head that looks like a pumpkin. And we very lovingly call him Pumpkinhead. So my mom thought that it was pretty fitting that we get him a costume. Um, in Tiva's 12 years of life, I don't recall a single Halloween I ever put a costume on her. I just never asked that of her. She probably would have tolerated it fine, but I never asked that of her. So if you're going to dress your dog up for Halloween, make sure that you're comfortable, your dog is comfortable wearing the costume and make sure that you make wearing the costume a pretty reinforcing experience. So when it comes to people in costumes, um, I use a lot of caution here because the way that dogs see and perceive the world is much different than ours and they don't have context and they can't really understand the nuance of uh, someone wearing a costume. So that's definitely something that I'm be using a lot of um, caution and management around. So if there is, you know, somewhere where there's lots of people wearing costumes and my dog is likely to spook and or scare, I'm probably just going to avoid that situation completely. Um, you guys know that Tiva and Waylon are pretty confident dogs. They go a lot of places. They've seen a lot of things, but there are definitely some costumes that people wear that are spooky. And um, believe it or not, Waylon will definitely do like the woofy sketchy bark. So I definitely have to think about that stuff and be super cautious. So um, in general, I do not think that costume parties where um, there's going to be a lot of people dressed up or appropriate places for dogs. Um, I think that it's a really scary environment. I think that there's a lot of unknowns and I think that there's a lot of room for error. So um, I, I really don't think that your dog should be at a costume party with a lot of people dressed up. I think that that can be really scary. So if you are planning to have a costume party, I think it's a uh, time to plan ahead and maybe see if the dogs can stay with a friend or if they can stay at the daycare that they normally go to. Um, Lucky and Dempsey are a two dogs who stay with us pretty regularly. If you follow us on the gram, Dempsey is the English cream golden retriever, handsome boy. And Lucky is the black mutt with one blue eye and one brown eye. And their people have a huge Halloween party every year. And Lucky and Dempsey come stay with us. So they get to have a 
relaxing evening with us and miss out on some of the crazy action that is Halloween. Um, so something else to consider, um, Halloween obviously comes with a lot of candy. And as you all know, um, chocolate can be toxic for dogs. So I think that it's really important that especially when you're out like on walks before and after Halloween, you're extra careful about watching what is on the ground so that if there was some candy, um, you could prevent that from, from eating it. If your dog does not already know the behavior of leave it, leave it means stop what you are doing and check in with me. I would definitely be brushing up on that skill so that you can use it if you need it. Um, something else that I think is useful in managing the dogs consuming things would be muzzle training. Um, shout out to Lauren who owns Sienna who is a dog that we used to foster and Sienna likes to eat everything under the sun so she wears a muzzle a lot of the time uh, for everyone's safety. So I think that that's another option if you're really worried about your dog consuming a bunch of chocolate and candy from Halloween. Okay so um when it comes to Halloween decorations, just in people's yards, out in the world, um, again, that stuff can be really scary for dogs who are seemingly pretty confident in the world. Um, so if I'm out walking and I notice that my dog has spooked or startled to a Halloween decoration, first and foremost, I am going to give the dog a, the space that they need, right? Maybe we'll cross the street. Maybe we'll turn and go the other direction. So it's really important that you're not forcing your dog to interact with something that they are obviously afraid of. Um, I think you can, you know, give them space and let them look at it from afar. You can also play the look at that game so you get some distance and the dog looks at the scary thing and you mark and you reward. And the objective there is to change their emotional response. So instead of perceiving the decoration as scary, they perceive it as something good that predicts food is coming their way. So be really cautious of that stuff. Um, last year, I was at a Home Depot with Waylon, and they had a bunch of Halloween decorations out, and they had one that like giggled and cackled. It was like a witch, and that spooked Waylon. It really scared him. So I was really cautious to give him space from it, but once he had an appropriate amount of space and he felt like semi-comfortable, that's when we were playing the look at that game, right? So that hopefully he wouldn't be afraid of Halloween decorations for forever. Um, if you have a young puppy, so a dog that's between eight weeks and 16 weeks old, Halloween could be a wonderful um, socialization opportunity, but in itsy bitsy small moderation. So if you guys didn't already listen to the episode, um, how to socialize your puppy, I will include a link to that in the uh, show notes so that you can give it a listen. We talk in depth all about how to socialize your puppy, but um, Halloween decorations are a great opportunity to teach your young puppy that sometimes things are big and moving and it doesn't have to be this big scary thing. So yeah, that's kind of my two cents on like decorations and being thoughtful and careful about that so we're not spooking and scaring our dogs. So let's talk about the actual day of Halloween. So like I said, I do not think that Halloween parties are an appropriate place for dogs for so many reasons. Um, I can recall as a kid, um, I was probably in elementary school, maybe I was like in third grade, I was at a Halloween party at a friend's house and their golden retriever bit like three of the kids, like badly, like drew blood, bit them. And it's probably because the dog was freaking terrified. We were young kids, 
We were all wearing costumes. We were hopped up on sugar. It was a lot, okay? So don't put your dog in a situation that they could potentially fail in um, because that can be really stressful for a lot of people and for the dog's sake. So um, on the actual day of Halloween, if you are planning on um, handing out candy to trick-or-treaters, I would have some sort of formal management in place to prevent the dog from getting to the door. Um, There's a lot of stuff that could go wrong at the door. They could spook, they could bolt out, they could jump on someone, they could bite someone. So it's really important that you have a game plan to prevent their access to the front door during the trick-or-treating hours, okay? So um, X-Pens, if you're not already familiar with an X-Pen, it's like a collapsible metal panel. Um, That's a pretty good option. You could kind of do it like in a U-shape around the front door so the dog didn't have access to the actual door. Um, You could have them in their crate. You could have them closed off in another room away from the front door. I think that the quieter the place, the better, just kind of depending on your house and size and stuff like that. I would also have something productive for the dog to be doing during those hours. So you guys have heard me preach before, but an appropriate chew outlet. So a stuffed Kong, a marrow bone, a bully stick, um, any sort of interactive food toys, snuffle mats, licky mats, slow bowl feeders. I would have something productive for them to be doing so that they don't have to be stressing, barking, worrying about what's happening at the front door. Um, I would also try and have it set up so that you could mitigate the knocking and or doorbell ringing so maybe just be like kind of standing there and watching because I think that the knocking and the bell ringing can really just bring arousal levels up much higher than they need to be so definitely have a strategy in place for that um at our house we (laughs) I'm going to admit it to the internet, you guys. We don't hand out candy. Um, It's too much for our dogs. They just, they can't handle the constant people at the door and the noise and the commotion. They just bark and they just go apeshit. And it's just too much for them, okay? So I don't think that there's any shame in that. Um, I'm doing what I think is best for my dogs. And that does not entail handing out candy to the neighborhood kids. I will say that our one particular neighbor who has a kid, I have some special candy for her since we do love them, but I'm not going to be handing out candy to the whole neighborhood. So I think you just have to look at your specific dog, your house setup, what that looks like. We live in a pretty small house and there's not really anywhere that I can put the dogs that it would be quiet and they could avoid the commotion. So we just avoid the matter altogether. Okay, Um, and, you know, when it comes to interactions with trick-or-treaters, right, um, I would, again, completely avoid that. Even the best dogs, even the dogs with the most solid temperament, that is too much to ask of the dog, in my opinion. I think it's too much to ask of the dog to just calmly interact with tons and tons of kids wearing costumes that are hopped up on sugar. I think that it's just too much. So, you know, be really thoughtful about that stuff, you guys. Um, If you do have a young puppy, I think it's a fabulous opportunity to really work on calm behavior while they're trick-or-treaters. So, um, you know, if you have a partner, that may be a good time for like maybe the partner is handing out the candy and you are specifically working and training with the dog. Um, If you are doing that, I would definitely have the dog on leash so that there's no chance that they could get out the front door. Um, Something else to consider, right, is that I would have um, updated tags and information on your dog's collar just in 
case they were to spook, they were to get out the front door, at least you had the option of someone finding them and calling and calling. So um, I don't know about where you guys live, but I know that there are several holidays in Colorado in particular and in the United States where dogs get lost. Fourth of July is one of them for obvious reasons, loud noises and stuff like that. But I know that Halloween is also one of those nights where a lot of dogs get out because people are not thinking about how stressful it could be for the dog and they bolt out the front door. So you guys are not going to be those people because you are prepared and you're listening to this podcast episode. So I hope that this is helpful. I hope that you feel like you're a little bit more prepped and ready for Halloween. Um, If you do dress your dog up, please tag me. I want to see the pictures and I hope they really like it. Um, Added bonus if there's a video of them wearing it comfortably and you're giving them lots of cookies. (laughs) Okay, wonderful, beautiful dog owners of the internet. It has been a total pleasure. Thanks for tuning in. I hope you enjoyed the show. If you need help with your dog's behavior, you can learn more about our training services at agoodfeelingdogtraining.com. We post training inspiration and training tips almost daily over on the Instagram at agoodfeeling underscore NCO. If you like this podcast, we would be so grateful if you could share it with a friend or family member who could benefit from all of the information. Um, It's been a total delight. We love this podcast so much. And thank you so much for listening to Disorderly Dogs.